Welcome to the Breaking Through in Cybersecurity Marketing podcast, where we explore the hottest topics in cyber marketing, interview experts, and help you become a better cybersecurity marketer. Hello, and welcome to another super rad, and there's a reason I'm saying that, super rad episode of Breaking Through in Cybersecurity Marketing. I'm one of your hosts, Jana Whitfer, and with me is the illustrious... Ooh, I like that. I think you need to introduce me like that every episode from now on. I will. I'll come up with a new adjective every time. Thank you. That's uh, quite the boost of the self-esteem on a Monday evening. (laughs) (laughs) So with is my illustrious co-host, Maria Velasquez. And we also have Michelle Radlowski, which is why I made that rad joke at the beginning. Not that I need to explain it. Uh, so Michelle is a director of regional marketing at Zscaler, and she's super duper rad. And we're so excited to have you on, Michelle. Thank you for being on the show today. Oh, my gosh. Thank you guys for having me. I'm very excited to be here as well. So first things first, can you tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are today at Zscaler? Yes, absolutely. So I've been in the industry within the IT tech space for over 15 years now, and I started a small kind of startup company, 500 employees globally. A few years in, got acquired by a mid-sized company. A few years in, then got acquired by a behemoth. Some people may know the name, Dell. And oh, so we're never heard of that. Never heard, yeah, of, that. Never heard of that. Huh? <laughs> so I was a part of at the time was a Dell software group. So going through two acquisitions, going from a small company to a massive company and, you know, has have definitely learned a lot. My role had changed and I really miss being a part of a, a small company and this hyper growth mode. And that's what led me to Zscaler. So I've been with Zscaler now almost seven years. So end of February would be seven years for me. That's exciting. So what size was Zscaler when you started versus where is it now? So I was employee 249 and we're now almost 6,000 globally. And funny thing too, I started on leap day, February 29th, 2016. So my anniversary has been a little weird. I've actually only had one official anniversary <laughs> of, since I started. So you've only worked there for a year and a half and in 0.75, right? Exactly. <laughs> Un- unacceptable. I'd, I'd ask them for cake every 28th of February, every year. That's right. March 1st and February 28th. Okay. That's two days. right. Oh, I That's love right. that. It's your Anna, it's your work anniversary weekend. Kind yeah. of. <laughs> <laughs> Meet month, just like a birthday. You just celebrate it the whole month. So there you exactly. go. Exactly. Exactly. So Michelle, like, what do you do? So, so regional director of marketing and Zscaler, what does your role entail? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, so it's definitely evolved because of the the scale of the company size and growth over the years. That's one of the things is just what's been exciting is you get to try new things and do something different all the time. So just to kind of take you back of where I started, uh, when I first started, I was the first in-territory field marketing manager. We had two at the time. They sat at HQ. And so I did, you know, field marketing, which I know we'll dive into the topic a little bit more as to what, what that means. And then about just over five years ago, um, I moved from Chicago, my uh, hometown, to uh, Southern California, where I reside now. 
and I took on the West field marketing role. Shortly after, I was asked to lead the uh, the field marketing team. Um, so I led the team for about four years, and we, you know, sat very closely to the field team, to the sales team. And then about a year and a half ago, maybe a little over a year ago, took on a new opportunity to grow the enterprise commercial team for for the role of you know field marketing for Americas. And then um, just recently, I'm now uh, moving into still within regional marketing, kind of more in our growth area. So building out and executing plans to kind of land upsell, cross-sell programs for existing install base, our partner alliance programs in the Americas to land them in region as well. So it's definitely evolved um, and we can uh, we can kind of dive into the, the field marketing role too. Yeah, I was just going to say, I, I love that experience, but uh, take us through the, what's the 101 of field marketing? What's it all about? Yeah, so field marketing is, you know, from a field standpoint, we obviously sit closest to sales. So we're the eyes and ears on the ground, but we also connect kind of all the teams to support sales. So we're helping digest everything that's coming at the sales team to help them really simplify what it is that they can prioritize and focus on. So because we're tied at the hip to sales, we are the face of marketing. So we always have to know what's going on, you know, everything within marketing going out into market. And so what we do is we drive campaign execution in region. So there's the corporate marketing function that primarily does, you know, top of funnel lead gen programs and digital and social and those sorts of things. And then in field, we focus on kind of helping convert leads. Um, How do we drive engagement with accounts? you know, in region and landing campaigns that our wonderful corporate marketing friends are doing, again, in territory. And a lot of what we do is very much account centric. So because we also work with the sales team, too, we have to understand data. You know, who's interacting with us? Why do they care? Who are their target accounts? What are their pipeline numbers that we have to help them meet? So data is definitely our number one friend in everything we do. And so we are, again, our business uh, partners to to sales and everything that we do and marketing on the ground. That's so amazing when to hear you describe field because and 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 the fact that you're saying that it's it's actually not lead gen, you know, it's account engagement. It's progressing the business and a lot of folks in marketing view field as like yay, uh, you know, a booth and we'll like collect a lot of leads and a lot of emails and we'll give out t-shirts and that's strategic field is not that at all. I mean, uh, there's probably parts of it, but like you're saying, we're interacting with accounts or we're making sure that we're very, very strategic in what we do. What are some, some more of these like myths around what field is and isn't that perpetuate today that you want to like, you know, bring the hammer down on? Yes, (laughs) that is definitely um, a big question for sure, because it's typically event planners, party planners, and crazy enough, a lot of what we get is like very administrative asks from the, you know, from the sales team. I love them. But, you know, I think that we have to continue educating sales team of like how marketing can help them in their business and help them drive pipeline and help them, you know, set up meetings. So, yes, events is there. It's, of course, part of what we do, but it's not all we do. And it's not just getting a suite at a, you know, a baseball game. So I think that's probably the biggest misconception is just that, you know, we just plan events. How many territories are you overseeing in the, in the sense that, you know, in the sense of creating pro- regional programs for each of the territory sales team? I imagine that that can get pretty, 
pretty big and extensive when you have a company of 6,000 employees. Yes. And our regional marketing team is, is a pretty healthy size. So every regional marketing manager and regional marketing director, they kind of have their territory. My role is encompassing all of the Americas. And now in, in kind of this new growth marketing role, it's really working in partnership with the regional field marketing teams and bringing to light these kind of focused campaigns, helping support them and being that bridge between our demand gen team and our corporate marketing team and how we can help them in the field. Not everybody I'm sure listening though is in that same size. There's a lot of companies that you might be just the first field marketing manager and your sales team might be small. And I've definitely went through a lot of ups and downs on like the total number of salespeople that you support. And that's where you have to continue to evolve with the organization as well as you can't always have that one-on-one relationship with every single sales rep. You know, it's important to kind of evolve with that and evolve your strategy and your plans and make sure you're also aligning with the leadership teams as well. So how are you making sure that you're aligned? Because you're a partner to sales. Field is a partner to sales role, but you're still in the marketing team, right? Yes. How are you making sure you're aligning properly between these? Because not in every case, but in a lot of cases, there's a little friction in between what sales want, what's, what marketing wants. Like, how are you making sure that everyone, you know, at what you're doing is is groovy, since we sang rad, is super yes. groovy to all the parties <laughs> involved and is progressing the business in the right way? Yeah. And I think, number one, you have to build on that relationship with the sales team. They have to you know, they have to be able to like trust you and understand you. And like, if you understand their business and where they're coming from and what pain points they're going through, you have to relate at that level because I don't envy the salesperson. Like I cannot be a salesperson. That's just not me. But I love working with salespeople because they're just, you know, they have to be good at what they do and they have to, they have to sell. So I think number one is relationship building. And then really trying to explain to them, like, why should they care? You know, what it is that marketing is doing, how we can work together as business partners. So it is first having that conversation, understanding their objectives and, you know, their accounts and everything, and then making sure that they have visibility into the plans. So this is what we're doing, targeting these specific accounts, these specific people to try to get you to help you meet your number. So that's why data is number one. Like you have to show that you're driving business value and, you know, be able to like kind of talk numbers with them and, and talk data. Can you explain what what does good field marketing do from that perspective of of being able to collect and analyze a lot of data? Like what what does a successful field program look like? How do you track it? Yeah. And I think tracking for every company, for everybody, it's going to be different because some have more sophisticated systems than than others. So we've definitely come a long way. And I've come a long way too, I think, even at Zscaler, right? Like through this growth. But I think one, so what does kind of good field marketing look like? One is what I kind of shared is having that relationship, having that strategy. And you have to kind of start, yes, what is your objective ultimately? So you have to drive pipeline. That is That is number one. You have to kind of get to a number so marketing source pipeline is, is significant. And so then you kind of have to back into that. Who are you targeting? Who are your accounts? Who are the personas that you're going after? You know, what's the messaging? And that's where really close and strong alignment with corporate marketing, you know, with campaign team and demand gen to align on what is our focus campaign? What is the messaging we're putting out there so it's consistent? 
And so it is that content piece of it as well. And when you're running any sort of campaign event, you know, meeting maker program, virtual event, whatever it may be, you have to go in with a set of objectives. You know, what are you trying? What are you hoping to get out of it? What are the results you're hoping to get out of it? And then the tracking piece is really important for us. What we track because pipeline doesn't happen right away. So that does take a little bit of time. I wish money would come in right away, of course, but it doesn't. You need to have credit um, card, credit card swiper at the booth. Right. Exactly. Like PO <laughs> order forms and. <laughs> yeah. And a, and a real like, yeah, that'd be that'd be awesome. But it does come out of, you know, MQL conversions. So, you know, once it gets to that point of a lead that then goes to our SDR team, okay, then meetings. How many meetings have been set as a follow up? Then um, it's also, you know, of course, those opportunities. And you just have to kind of always track back what what performed the best, you know, what didn't. Um, so those are just a few points. But you have to kind of go with that objective-based marketing and really have a plan. Michelle, I, I imagine you've done the journey of, because I, I heard you talk a lot about pipeline, revenue, and opportunity creation. And it sounds as though you've made the journey from being a marketer that's obsessed with just leads and number of leads to a marketer that's very closely aligned with the sales team and is, uh, you know, after the same thing, which is basically revenue. And I think that's really the best way to speak the sales team language and, st and to build that relationship back to your previous point is when they actually trust that you're after the same thing for them, that you're after helping them create quota. How was that journey? And if you remember sort of like a pivotal moment where you, it was all clear and you knew that that was the, the journey to go as, as a marketing leader, right? Inspiring an entire team. Yes. And there's never, I would say, like always a clear point because I think that especially in this industry that we're in, like things change so quickly. So you have to be able to pivot. But I think that's where like over the years, I would say like almost every quarter, I felt like things were kind of changing or we learned something new or we gleaned like new insights or, you know, how we should track things differently. So if I could give advice to anybody that's listening is just, you know, be flexible and enjoy the journey and like these new learnings that you're coming across all the time. A pivotal moment, I would say probably... It was pretty recent, um, I would say maybe like a year ago, uh, where, you know, we all started really aligning to uh, singular dashboards for reporting. I think that was probably a big moment because if you have people starting to create their own reports and there's discrepancies in data because, oh, they didn't include this field or that field or, you know, they're looking, they're, they're pulling like the wrong campaigns. And so if you have singular dashboards that, you know, sales ops and marketing ops have built together. That's like your big, amazing, I would say pivotal moment. Um, so that's still recent. Um, we've had, of course, other dashboards, but like we use Tableau, for example, and it's just, it's been such a night and day. Having a, a strong marketing ops team is, uh, is pretty, pretty exciting to, to have as a marketer. Yes. That's awesome. I thought you were going to say that was a nightmare. And <laughs> then I was going to say, ooh, tell us why. But hey, you've had a success story with Tableau. That's awesome. I feel like that it's needs its own session. <laughs> Another episode just on Tableau. 
Oh my gosh, seriously. And I think like the back end of the logic behind building, like what is considered a marketing sourced opportunity or what is considered a partner sourced opportunity, like to be a fly on the wall in those rooms. Love that. A lot of respect, a lot of respect. Uh, Michelle, one thing you, you mentioned when you were describing sort of your role is you mentioned partners. And I kind of think partner and partnering and ecosystem is having a big moment and will continue to have a big moment in 2023 as the markets consolidate and people realize that, hey, like things are very expensive and we could do things together cheaper. <laughs> yes. Um, how are you sort of thinking about partner? How does that fit into what you do? Yes, I heart partners all the way. Yes. Partners, definitely. I mean, that's going to be kind of one of our double downs for sure. Um, Zscaler in general, like we are a very, um, you know, partner friendly vendor because that's we're pretty much 100 percent channel. So we have a, a huge partner ecosystem and there's different types of partners that we go to market with, too. There's your, you know, traditional channel resellers. There's strategic alliance partners um, like your AWSs of the world and CrowdStrikes and stuff. And then there's also like service providers and system integrators. So I know every company I'm sure works with all, if not some of those partners. And um, for us, definitely, I think that having a partner ecosystem is is super important um, when you go to market. The partner side, though, I think you still have to go in with strategy you might come like with Zisco, for example, we have a lot of partners, a lot. And you have to really kind of double click into who are your partners that you can go to market with that we have sales leadership is aligned. You know, you've done account mapping like there's message in there. The the reps have been trained. You know, they understand the messaging like there's a lot foundationally that has to be there. And our strategic alliances, we have amazing um, strategic alliance partners, and I've done a ton of work with them, and I'm going to continue to to do a ton of work with them. And that's kind of your better together story, because it's not just like funding. Yes, of course, I will take money all day long to uh, to save to save a little bit, but um, there really is a strong message. So if you can go in with a better together story, whether it's with integrations, you know, content, how is it bettering your customer? That is like so powerful. So yes, your your strategic alliance partners, your channel partners, that's uh, definitely going to be a continuous, you know, number one priority for us. That's awesome. And that's something we're seeing across other folks in the Cybersecurity Marketing Society and in Cybersecurity Marketing. A quick plug, if you want to be part of 1,800 cybersecurity marketers all talking together about strategy, doing co-marketing, and talking about the vendors they love and hate, join us at cybersecuritymarketingsociety.com. We'd love to have you. So um, another thing that that I feel kind of ties in, right? You're saying better together story. When you work with a partner, you have to have a message that resonates on on why are you partnering? It's not just so we can all make more money. It's because we're doing something better for our customer and our prospects and the people we serve. And that kind of ties, it leeways really nice into the experience, right? Because experience is a big part of field. How are you thinking about experience, experiential, and how does that and, and standing out, honestly, because things are still noisy and crowded. What are some things you're thinking about the future of experience or experiential? 
Yeah. So I definitely think that there's a lot of noise out there. I think we all agree with that. There's a lot going on. I think where there is a lot of excitement from the sales team, which we have to have a conversation with them about, is that events is what's tangible for them and what they obviously get to in person. And so there's there are a lot of requests for sporting events and those sorts of things. So I think that we have to kind of take a step back and understand, okay, what is what's the goal? What are we trying to get at? You know, who are you targeting, right? Kind of what we talked about. But content definitely is a big part of how we go to market. There has to be use case and that's where data comes in too is what are those, you know, what are they engaging with right now? What would they care about based on their persona? So then based on that, then you can kind of create some sort of um, experience. And I think that that, whether you're a prospect, prospective customer or an existing customer to incorporate. So what um, what I had done kind of after, you know, pandemic hit and like, okay, well, how do we kind of stand out and, you know, get that engagement in a virtual world, which by the way, hybrid is definitely here to stay. Virtual is not going away. So we have to continue to create and keep that in your portfolio. Agree. So I did kind of like a, uh, a concert in the cloud. So I brought in um, our two biggest kind of technology alliance partners, brought in AWS and CrowdStrike. And um, so one, talk about the budget aspect. That was definitely a huge element, extended reach. And we created it on a virtual event platform. So there was kind of virtual booths and things of that sort. But I brought in Jason Mraz, who is obviously a known artist out there. And um, the experience part of it was also um, there was kind of a give back. Um, so you bring in a charitable cause. So we raise money for No Kid Hungry. And that was kind of the selling point for, for getting him too. So there was um, obviously the, the virtual concert. There was a good cause tied to it. Um, and so that was kind of part of the experience. But also what we did for some of our target accounts is had autographed items that were raffled off. But we also had kind of like a imagine like backstage pass where you can, you know, meet him in a small group. So I did like an invite only sort of forum. And I'm not saying now everybody has to go off and do like a big experience event like that. But I think it's just bringing in different unique ideas out there, something to kind of stand out. In the, in the crowd a little bit. And I do think that giving back really is important and relevant and to show that it's not all about just giving gifts for a meeting, but it is kind of giving back and creating that experience. And we did a gift back. So every attendee, we would donate on, on their behalf. Of all the songs that Jason Mraz sang at his concert, what was the one that got the most hurrah and like excitement from the virtual crowd? <laughs> Oh my gosh, you're going to test me now on my like, because I'm okay. So one thing to know about me is that I love music. I actually have a tattoo of music notes. That's my one and only tattoo. But I love, love music. But I'm so bad at the names of songs and the names of artists and like putting them together. Me too. Me too. I have no idea who it is that plays my favorite songs. Oh I just have a gosh. playlist and I don't like need to look them up. It's all in like a list. You it's know? so bad. But his <laughs> latest, I know that's I'm like, um, what is that Shazam or something? You know, it's like, okay, if I'm listening to a song, like what's the output of it? 
Um, but yeah, so that's that's definitely testing me on my on my song knowledge. But he did recently, and actually at the time of the concert too, he came out with a, a new album. And so he's saying like some of the songs from the new album, which I think were awesome. I mean, I love Jason Mraz, so he has great music, but also his classics. So I think a lot of the classics, that's what got people excited. So Nice. That's awesome. And we'll That's we'll awesome. link to that album in the show notes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. But I think so that now. it definitely was a unique uh, experience for sure. Well, unique and memorable. I'm pretty sure a lot of people or a lot of your prospects or maybe, you know, a lot of people remember uh, the company brand because of that event and how memorable it was. That's how things work um, at the end of the day. Yeah. So, Michelle, you've You've taken us through the journey of field marketing and its evolution. You've explained what it is and what it isn't today. But uh, what do you think the future of field marketing is? Um, or what would you wish uh, the future of marketing could be? Yeah, that's a that's a big question. So I definitely don't think that it's going away. I think it's going to continue to evolve and there's still a lot of education to be had out there. So things like this, this podcast really going out there to educate, you know, the world, I guess, in a sense of, you know, what field marketing is and the importance of the partnership that we're not just event planners, that we really are driving revenue to the business and strategic business partners that deserve a seat at the table with with sales. So I do think that the education is still needed there for really anybody in the in the industry. But I do think that we have to continue to be open to change. And that is change is a constant. And one of the things that I'm unfortunately seeing in the in the industry is, you know, a lot of layoffs. And there's going, you know, there's been a lot of ups in the last few years because there's been a ton of growth that we've seen. And, you know, Unfortunately, there's downs in the market that impact businesses and budgets. And, um, you know, there's people that are unfortunately hit with it. So I think that one of the biggest things, though, seeing the light out of the whole situation is the incredible community within marketing. Just seeing people support each other on LinkedIn, share job posts, put referrals out there. So my wish is to like keep continuing to build that incredible strong community like forget if we're competitors in the industry right we're all still people and we all need to support each other so change is a constant you know the sense of community and things like you know the the form that you guys have created within you know cybersecurity marketers i think is so important for us to continue to come together as a community and um you know help help a fellow colleague out that needs it cuz you never know when you're going to need it too right Love that. That is that is very true. They're very true. Thanks for that advice. Yeah, of course. If you have been impacted by a layoff, join the Cybersecurity Marketing Society if you're a cybersecurity marketer, and we will and join our, you know, helpful, thriving community. We have helped so many people find jobs. Not me and Maria. I mean, we help too, but like the members of our society, listeners, so uh, we were even in the Wall Street Journal because we were able to help so many people connect and find jobs. So don't feel afraid uh, to join the Cybersecurity Marketing Society. Uh, we want you here. We want to help you if you've been impacted by a layoff. 
Yeah, it's so important and it's so powerful, um, you know, community and spreading the word. And yeah, I think that's great the, that you guys are doing that. So, Michelle, uh, at the end of each episode, we ask our, well, actually, we guess what our guests would be doing if they weren't working in cybersecurity marketing today. Ah. And uh, Gianna and I will both take turns. The rules are we can't pick out of, you know, your previous experience. If you, I don't know, you used to be a scientist. We can't say you would be, you know, doing chemistry stuff today. So those are the rules. Um, and I'll go first this time because sometimes when I go first, I win. Maybe you're going to, like, give me a career change or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could see you running a really awesome nonprofit and helping, you know, helping people around the world that need the help. I'm not sure what kind of nonprofit, but I could see you leading a nonprofit organization and kicking ass big time. Oh, thank you. Like, it's going to get me, like, okay, okay, I, I won't say anything. <laughs> I won't say anything. So, Michelle, you gave us a huge hint. So, this might be cheating, but I think you would work in music. <laughs> I think you would be involved in music production of some sort, even though it would require you to know some some band names. But I think at that point you'd be good at it. Maybe I'll be like a club promoter in Vegas or something. No. <laughs> All right, so who's closer? Oh, gosh, that's a hard one. But I would say probably Maria. Yeah, I think yeah. that I actually started getting kind of emotional because there is definitely like as I was navigating, you know, my years in college, I'm like, gosh, what do I want to do? I'm like, do I want to go down the path of business? I'm like, maybe I want to do teaching maybe because I feel like I do want to give back and and help people and any opportunity I have to do that, I definitely want to. And to your point, I don't know what kind of nonprofit, but it there's there's so much out there that, you know, I think that we can also help with even being in like the corporate world to volunteer our time. But yeah, I would probably pick three. I think that would be the closest to uh to the potential Love that. other second life. Yes. That's awesome. That's all I wanted to do when I was getting ready to graduate college, too. And I guess maybe that's I felt this connection. There's something there, Michelle. OK, so actually, if you if I rewind my life a little bit and go back to my college years, I was actually the president of the chapter of the American Marketing Association at the university I went to. And um, I wanted to bring, you know, a good cause with fundraising, uh, not just for the organization, but for a good cause. So I actually put together our first 5K on campus, and we did it to benefit an organization called First Ascents. And First Ascents, what their mission is, is they provide life-changing outdoor adventures um, for young adults that are impacted by cancer and other serious health conditions. So we were able to raise um, a good amount of money for them for a great cause. And um, it just it really kind of married up the marketing world and, you know, that nonprofit kind of human connection element to really help um, kids that that need it. So that was kind of my my joint, you know, music, I guess, for my soul and for my heart um, of kind of what I did to to support them. And it just like kind of fulfills like both needs of like the human element, but also the marketing 
the marketing element and event planning yeah. element, just like everything together. So, um, yeah, we, we raised a lot of money for them, which was, which is awesome. Makes me happy. That's so cool. That's amazing. Uh, we will link to that nonprofit in the show notes. And Michelle, where can people find you if you're interested in chatting about the future of field or anything you discussed on this show? Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn, Michelle Redlowski. Um, so yeah, reach out and would love to connect. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on. This has been so fun. I really loved it. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Well, if you want to be on Breaking Through in Cybersecurity Marketing, send a note to podcasts with an S at HackerValley.com. If you have feedback or if you have an idea for an episode or a topic you want to explore, we have the best cybersecurity marketers on the planet on the show, and we're willing to create an episode just for you to answer your uh, your uh, marketing questions. Remember to leave us a five-star review. Um, and share with your friends, your competitors, your neighbors, your uh, basketball coach, and we'll see you next Wednesday. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. <laughs>